people form habits and habits form futures. You know, the same thing is true with companies. Companies form habits and habits form cultures, right? And so getting in, involved in a process where you're regularly going back to visit your customers, creating a culture where you are nurturing those relationships, having a process in place that you is repeatable and trainable so that you can continue to execute on that. You know, not letting that go by the wayside just because the phone's ringing with new business. We already have established relationships with these people, you know, so let's continue to, you know, to focus on those. This is the Wealthy Contractor Podcast brought to you by G4 Marketing. Interviews with today's top home improvement entrepreneurs about marketing, sales, money, mindset, and lifestyle. Now, here's your host, Brian Kaskavalsian. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. This is Brian Kaskavalsian with G4 Marketing Group. And today, got my good friend, Tony Hody with us. Tony and I were talking the other day. He's got an event coming up May 19th and 20th in Orlando, Florida. Tony hasn't done an event in too long. I think it's, you know, last year we all had to sit out and, but he's back and don't miss it. I'll be there. There'll be some other really good people there. May 19th and 20th. Go get tickets at TonyHody.com. I think if they put in G4 Marketing, you ask something, they can get a discounted ticket. Is that right, Tony? Yeah, that's right. All the sponsors have the ability to give basically a $500 scholarship or sponsorship kind of donation. It reduces the ticket price from $595 down to $95. So pretty good deal. That's a really good deal. Okay, cool. So, Tony, welcome. For people that don't, that may have not heard of you, although I can't imagine who that might be, why don't you give them just kind of the quick, you know, 60-second version of, of your story, and, and then we can jump right into our conversation here. Sure, yeah. So thanks for having me, Brian. I got into the home improvement business by applying for a part-time job supposed to be for beer money and ended up being my lifelong career. Sometimes your career chooses you, but I applied for a part-time job going door to door around job sites and spent a number of years going door to door myself and building door to door canvassing teams, then spent some time in in call centers in the wintertime when got a little too rough out in Ohio for going door to door, spent some time on the rainy days and uh, colder days in the call center did some event marketing at the home shows, fairs, and festivals, and I'll age myself here. Did some retail store marketing in the big box stores back when they were HQ and Builders Square prior to Home Depot and Lowe's. <laughs> you know, my background's mainly in lead generation on the front end of the business, lead generation and sales. I do own and operate my own retail business now up in Cleveland, Ohio, and, you know, so have a full understanding of the business from the front to back, but my specialty, my strength zone is definitely on the front end with lead generation. Yeah. He is that I've said it before. Tony is the king of face-to-face lead generation, whether that's in, you know, knocking on doors, big box stores, just out on the street. Tony could make a lead. I'd be willing to bet you could be like that guy. Remember that guy that said, 
take me to any city, take away all my money, and I will buy a property for no money down within like whatever that was, like within a week. I think I we could do the same thing with you. We could take all your money out of your pocket. We could take your cell phone and all just give you a sheet of paper and say, you know, go make leads. And Tony will go make leads out of flipping nowhere for home improvement businesses. That's how good he is. That would actually be, by the way, that would actually be a really interesting YouTube video, wouldn't it? Anyway, absolutely. I'm down for it. <laughs> so me and Tony were talking, we were talking the other day, we're recording this on April 19th, just to give you some context. We're going to get this posted for you real quick. And Tony, we were talking about kind of things are what's going on. And Tony said something to me, say it again about the fish. The fish are jumping into the boat. Yeah. And you know, so and go ahead. You know, what to do when what to do when the fish are jumping into the boat. I think a lot of people are just kind of in reaction mode to the fact that, you know, the economy is Goldilocks for home improvement. You know, a lot of demand, a lot of stimulus dollars, low interest rates, people at home without much else to do. And so it's been a perfect storm and the fish are jumping in the boat. But a lot of bad habits, you know, can be created as a result of that. So I thought that was a worthwhile topic to discuss. Yeah. And so that's why, of course, I was like, okay, Tony, stop talking. Let's schedule a time. <laughs> Hold your thoughts. Stop talking. Let me get this recorded. Let's have this conversation recorded. And, you know, so all of you and the wealthy contractor audience can listen to this because I think it's, I, I think it's important that we recognize where we're at and also be realistic about the fact that this is not the new normal. This is temporary. Now, we don't know how long it's going to be for, but at some point, it's going to normalize, right, Tony? No doubt about it. Everything is cyclical. I mean, yeah. e economic cycles, you know, 10 to 12 years typically. And, you know, there's just a, a long track record of that being the case. Yeah. And, and make no mistake, you know, this is not doom and gloom talk. This is opportunity talk. We're going to talk about what you can do today to make sure that you don't get in over your head, that you're maximizing your opportunities for today, and also creating a good foundation so that, you know, whenever, whenever the thing normalizes, whether it's this year, next year, five years from now, that you're ready and that you don't get caught like many companies did in the in the recession, the Great Recession. I mean, look, everybody jumped into business because the fish were jumping in the boat. Everybody jumped in the business, but how many people were left at the end? And how many great companies do you know of, Tony? And I, I witnessed this firsthand that made a whole bunch of money during that time. And then the Great Recession hits. And then what happened? Everything they made in that boom period, they gave back in a year or two and ended up negative. So let's talk about, so where do we start with this, Tony? So we've identified kind of where we're at. People are busier than they've ever been. It's hard to get people. I was talking with one of our mastermind members. He's booking appointments. Get this for May, the like the first or second week of May. That's the first yeah. week that they can get out to go see somebody. How are you guys? Tell me, tell me what you let's talk practical. What are you doing at Window Depot to deal with this? Yeah, so at Window Depot and Bath Depot, we're trying to really handle the inbound inquiries as well as we possibly can. 
because you know these are golden opportunities. And what I see when the phone is ringing frequently, you know, there's a tendency for people to, you know, miss phone calls. There's a tendency to mishandle phone calls. There's a tendency to, you know, not qualify and, and do some other things that really kind of shooting themselves in the foot and, and admiring their own aim. So I think it's really critical to handle the inquiries very, very well. Collect as much data as you can, multiple phone numbers, email addresses, and really train and role play on how to handle those calls. I see a tendency when the fish are jumping into the boat to just kind of sit back and, and just get really kind of sloppy, if you will, on how we handle those inquiries. Yeah. So how are you dealing with, I would imagine that you're, you're able to go see people tomorrow, people that are calling in today, you're, you probably have a pretty tight window when you're going to see people. And if not, what are you recommending people do if they're more than, you know, as well as I do, if you, if you don't go see somebody, you know, within 48 hours, that lead goes cold pretty quick. So what do you recommend? Yeah, you have to, you definitely have to be on top of these things. And, you know, you want to be able to get out and see these people today, if possible, you know, tomorrow, the following day, like you said, but, you know, it, it has been an issue. We have been stretched thin at times where, you know, we're booking, you know, beyond the 72-hour window, you know, and it's, it's not comfortable for us. We, we definitely like to get out there as soon as possible. You know, we want to avoid them doing business with competitors. You know, the issue of extended lead times is kind of understood by consumers now. They have probably dealt with this with buying furniture or appliances or heard from your competition, that extended lead times is a real factor. Lumber prices increasing. This stuff is kind of common knowledge as COVID has gone on. And so, you know, it's real easy to get someone to take action. And, you know, your competitors can steal these leads off the market before you ever get a chance to get in the door because there's all this built-in urgency that exists in the marketplace. You can take advantage of it when you're in the home, but if you don't get there first, you know, you run the risk of not being able to take advantage of it at all. What are some ways of dealing? So if you're more than three or four days out, what are some ways of dealing with that and and overcoming that so that people don't go away, so you don't miss the opportunity? Great question. You know, I think there's a couple of things you can do. Number one, you want to turn that frown upside down and explain to the consumer that, you know, you're, the reason you can't get out there tomorrow is because of your reputation, because you're in such demand and you're worth waiting for. And so there needs to be some scripting that outlines the fact that there's a reason why it, it takes a week for us to come out and see you. You know, if someone's available to come see you tomorrow, they're probably not as in demand. They're not as reliable. They're not as trustworthy as our organization. So that's one op- option. And of course, increasing Sales capacity is another option. And, you know, there's some other things you can do in nurturing and cultivation with respect to sending some videos, sending some links with brochures, things to keep them on ice during that time period, kind of coaching them not to be impulsive, to wait for, you know, the prop value proposition that you intend to share with them. Yeah. You know, as you were saying that, I, I want to... to to say one thing to the audience that I'm not sure I made clear at the beginning. Tony is 
yes, he, he's the owner of a retail operation in Cleveland, Window Depot and Bath Depot, but he's also been a consultant to the industry forever. And so this is why we can have a conversation from both sides. One is, what is he actually doing on the ground in his retail operation? But also, what are his clients doing or what is he helping his clients do in other parts of the country? So sales capacity is a big issue right now. Aside, let's, let's put aside all of the, you need a 10-step selling presentation or what, however many steps it is. doesn't matter as long as you have a, a step selling system. And you train that system and, and all of that. Aside from all of that, what are you seeing people doing to get those salespeople in the door in the first place? Well, you know, you have to have process in place for recruiting. You know, and I think that that's one of the phases that companies go through in their growth is at first they, they understand, well, we're not just a home improvement company. We're actually a marketing and sales organization. So we have to have really good process in place for lead generation and really good process in place for sales. But once you've mastered that, the next tier is becoming masters at recruiting and continually filling that pipeline of employees. You go from filling the pipeline of leads to then filling the pipeline of employees, marketers, and salespeople. So, you know, that's really the next level is mastering that those recruiting systems, proactive recruiting, not just, you know, post and pray, and things like that, you know, really being proactive and in, in getting people in the door. I think there's a lot of great talent out there. There's been a lot of shakeup in a number of industries because of COVID. You know, it could be the restaurant industry or other industries where people have been displaced. So huge opportunity there. You Okay, so you're one of the most creative people I know. Give us a couple of examples of what you're seeing, either what you're doing or what somebody else is doing creatively to go out there and 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 attract salespeople or, or go out and grab them and get them from somewhere else? What are some of the things that you're seeing that are being done out there? Well, I mean, there's things that are creative, but a lot of times, you know, when it comes to recruiting, it's, you know, attraction versus pursuit. There's an element of that in, you know, everything from your company reputation and being a place that someone wants to work, having good reviews, having good reputation and that sort of thing. But, you know, when you see somebody out in the field that you think is a worthwhile candidate approaching them and being prepared, you know, you need candidates, right? So why aren't you prepared? You know, having a business card that speaks about the opportunity on maybe the backside of your business card so that, you know, you're ready to just issue or deliver a notice about job opportunities on a, on a whim. If you're at a restaurant and you see somebody that seems like they're talented or a retail store and you come across somebody that seems like they could be a good fit, being prepared. You know, we've had pencils, carpenters pencils made up with a recruiting message on them that we issue to installers. You know, so it, it's something they'll use. It's a way to serve them and it's a way to be proactively prepared to recruit at all times. Always be recruiting. Always be recruiting. Yeah. Builder Prime is changing the game for home improvement contractors. Imagine having everything you need to help your business grow in one place. CRM, estimating marketing automation with SMS, production management software, and now call center dialer integration, all wrapped into one easy to use package. And it's never been easier to switch CRMs. 
Hundreds of contractors trust Builder Prime to grow their businesses with powerful reporting tools to see which leads are making money, which sales reps are the top performers, and where to optimize for the greatest impact. We're talking about winning more jobs, boosting productivity, and delighting your customers. Are you ready to fuel your business growth even faster without all the daily frustrations of your current tech stack? You owe it to yourself, your team, and your business to learn why everyone is switching over to Builder Prime, the only true does-it-all CRM for home improvement contractors. Head over to BuilderPrime.com and request a personalized demo with an expert today. Let's talk about marketing a little bit. And, you know, you, you're on the, mostly on the front end, lead gen, I, although you do some great work on the back end, we're only really on, on the back end to, to help support the front end at G4. You know, for the longest time, it's always been leads, leads, leads. I, we want more leads. But it seems like right now, leads don't seem to be as big of an issue as other things like recruiting. Recruiting is probably much higher up on the list than lead generation is right now. And I stress right now, do you see people like getting lazy with, with marketing, taking this for granted, like, oh, this is just how it's going to be, and then stopping marketing and not focusing on it or not thinking about it and just saying, well, we have more leads than we can handle let's put that aside. And what do you think about that? Yeah, I think there's no doubt that people are developing some bad habits. You know, there's a lot of uh, inbound inquiries and nothing wrong with that. But, you know, we're not, you know, because the event marketing has kind of fallen off the calendar entirely, home shows, fairs, festivals, other live events, you know, there's a lot of people that have kind of just abandon that and they're comfortable not getting back involved in those events because, you know, the fish are jumping in the boat. And so they're, some of the habits that they're developing could have a long, long-term effect. Yeah. You know, even something as simple as going back to visit your installations, you know, people do this in times of need, you know, they nurture those relationships with their past customers and things of that nature, but they tend to not do it because they're too busy chasing new business when times are good. Yeah. It should be a systematic approach. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, that's where, where we live. And I know you do a lot of good work there too. in that, in that nurturing of that customer relationship, how important is that right now, especially when things are so good? I think it's hugely important. I think it's, again, you know, people form habits and habits form futures. You know, the same thing is true with companies. Companies, form habits and habits form cultures, right? And so getting involved in a process where you're regularly going back to visit your customers, creating a culture where you are nurturing those relationships, having a process in place that you is repeatable and trainable so that you can continue to execute on that, you know, not letting that go by the wayside just because the phone's ringing with new business. We already have established relationships with these people. You know, so let's continue to, you know, to focus on those. Yeah. I mean, these are, you know, when you talk about habits, sorry, I'm writing something down. I don't want to forget. We talk about habits. You know, it's interesting developing a great business with great processes and and great systems and great people and great profits. 
is really really comes down to those habits, doesn't it? The things you do on a regular basis are what form your habits. And like you said, your habits are what's going to determine everything else. It's going to determine the culture. Culture then is going to determine whether or not people want to work with you in terms of your customers and work for you in terms of, you know, team, employees, staff, whatever you want to want to call them. What do you see right now, aside from, you know, we talked about marketing and people getting, you know, I hate to use the word, but lazy and kind of putting that aside, but what are some of the other habits that are important to not let go of right now? Well, I think, again, you know, having a good marketing mix and having some outbound lead generation in the mix, you know, where you're going out and aggressively manufacturing some leads. You can start doing this with your prior customers. You can start doing this in generating referrals. You could, you know, knock on doors. You could participate in some fairs and festivals. There's a variety of ways, even just really picking up the phone and calling some of the old dormant inquiries in your database, people that may have called up and set an appointment and needed to reschedule We've gotten pretty apathetic as an industry about simply calling those old dormant inquiries. And when I say old, in some cases, we're not calling, you know, inquiries back that are four or five days old or four or five weeks old. Yeah. So, you know, I, I always use the, the phrase, you know, prosperity breeds apathy. You know, I think one of the best examples of that is, you know, the United States is 40th, 40th on the list of countries with respect to the age of life expectancy, right? So you would think the United States would be much better situation than 40th on the list of countries as far as life expectancy, you know, but because we have so much prosperity, you know, we've got fat cat syndrome and, you know, the health has diminished compared to other, other countries. Yeah. Uh, And the same happens in, in a business, you know, it really does. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, too, is one of the things that, you know, and, and again, in our mastermind group, we have 12 companies in our in our mastermind group. And and one of the things that we're going to be dealing with this year and and what we're making sure that nobody does is dramatically increase their overhead, dramatically increase costs of doing business, because we all know that those are the companies that tend to not survive. Those are the, the companies that during these times think, and, 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 and the interesting thing is, and, and speak to this, please, but, but it kind of goes with what we've been talking about already. But if, you're, if you've started to develop bad habits, and with those bad habits, now you've started to bring on more people. You've started to you know, increase spending. You've not looked at your margins like you should be. That is a recipe for disaster. And I know you've seen a lot of this. Any comment about increasing overheads and, you know, that sort of, you know, getting way ahead of the ball? Yeah, you know, so I grew up in a time when, you know, I was gotten to the business in in the early 90s, mid 90s, right? And sunrooms was the widget that everybody was super excited about. A lot of folks that were in the replacement window business, gutter business, siding business, you know, they had moved into the sunroom business because it was a big ticket and you can't do half a sunroom, right? But, you know, what happened was 
you know, financing dried up, the economy changed, and that widget was no longer in fashion, right? And so they had built up infrastructures to accommodate this, all kinds of things to accommodate that new widget. And they ended up having to go back to the basics and back to the fundamentals of what had gotten them success prior to that. And so I think, you know, staying, you know, in your strength zone and also sticking to fundamentals, you know, like, like you and I talk about all the time, you know, repeat, referral, radius around your job sites, reviews, you know, sticking with those fundamentals, not necessarily growing, you know, big overhead, but just getting, getting better before you get bigger. Yeah. You know, I did, I did a really, and I'm, I'm going to have him back again, a um, guy named Ed Epley. I'm not sure if you heard that episode of the podcast, but this guy was introduced to me through Matt Hollander. I, I know, you know, Matt at, at Hulco, mm-hmm. this guy, really, really smart guy. I mean, I usually don't have people that are outside of the industry on the podcast, but within two minutes, this guy had me because we speak the, you know, we speak the same language. And w- one thing that he said that was really, really interesting was that anything beyond like 10 to 15% annual growth is very hard to sustain. And it's very hard to keep control of. And I know, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm listening to him say this, and I'm really thinking about it. And I'm, I'm thinking, man, I'm seeing companies that are going at 20%, 40%, 50%. And that's a lot to manage in home improvement. What, how are you seeing companies managing or dealing with that kind of, of growth? You know, some of them are not handling it well, in my estimation. Some of yeah. them are really seizing the opportunity to grow, whether they are, you know, trying to attract the eyes of private equity or whether they're just follow, falling in love with that uh, a volume for vanity kind of mistake that so many fall into. But, you know, I, I really think, you know, we've been holding back on the growth. We really have because, you know, we, our reputation is just so important to us and it's hard to manage your reputation when you've got, you know, lead times that are 12, 14 right. weeks out or, or longer, you know, when you've, you know, when you're putting on new installers so frequently and you're not having the opportunity to really vet them, I think that, you know, that, that could be a big mistake. And, you know, if and when the economy takes a turn, you know, reputation is going to be paramount. Yeah. And, you know, too many people growing like a, like a telephone pole instead of growing like a pyramid. Yeah. You know, one of, one of the things I think that's really important about, about this podcast, and it's done now, it's done by design before it was just kind of done by accident. But, and, and part of the reason why every time I talk to Tony, it's like, I mean, we could do this, you know, every week is this business is about fundamental. Every business is about fundamentals. You just have to figure out what the fundamentals are for each business. We know what the fundamentals are for this business. You know, as the owner of the company, you know what the fundamentals are of the business. And I think you just have to be careful and go back and listen to this again and listen to how many times Tony said fundamentals or systems or process or, you know, and and that's what this is really all about. There's one other thing, and I'm watching the clock here, Tony, and I, I really wanted to ask you about this because I know you have a unique perspective into it. I'm going to, by the way, for the listener, I'm going to take a complete shift here and talk about something else because I'm actually really curious about Tony's take on this. So I know, you know, you mentioned a minute ago about private equity. 
private equity has found the home improvement industry. And there is a lot of money right now being put behind some groups that are buying up other home improvement companies. So what I'm kind of curious about is, so when one of these entities buys another in your market, let's say, and I'm talking to the listener now, how do you as a independent owner in that market now compete against this company that I guess you could almost look at it like big national brand is coming to town. Amazon is, or Walmart's coming to town. How do we deal with that as, as, as smaller home improvement companies? I think you, you always, you know, focus on your strengths and really celebrate that. You know, if you're the local company, um, that can be trusted and you can really play on your relationship with the community. You know, we recently filmed some series of, of videos to promote our local business. And I mentioned the fact that, you know, our showroom's located in my hometown because, you know, I want to be accessible. I want to be, you know, connect with our target audience, that kind of thing. So, you know, you have to kind of shift your marketing towards your strength zone. If, if, if you've got the almighty dollar and, and behind you with private equity, you know, you can just kind of hammer TV, radio, and other mediums with a call to action, and you're probably going to get results. But when you're a local, smaller business, you really have to, you know, focus on identity. You have to focus on connecting with, with your target audience, getting a dialogue going, you know, and, and I think there's a, a number of ways to do that. Yeah. And it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, making connections with customers, making sure your reputation is good, making sure you've got good reviews, making sure you've got a good base of customers that you can go back to. And do you feel like the, when these companies come to town and their marketing dollars come with them, that the, what is that saying? Rising tide lift all boats. Do you think that because there's going to be so much talk of like windows, 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 because there's a number of these companies that are windows. Do you think that that's going to help the market in terms of awareness? Oh, wow. Shoot. Windows. I keep hearing windows. Let me go to the internet and look at, yeah, my windows need something. Let me go look at the internet. Yeah, I, I do think that it raises awareness and uh, they do some of that heavy lifting for you by, you know, really, like I said, pounding the TV, the radio and other mediums, just getting consumers tentacles up thinking about those projects. And then oftentimes, if, if your message is better or your reviews are better, your reputation is better, they end up coming to you anyway. I mean, I could play recorded phone call after recorded phone call where people have said, you know, we heard a commercial locally and we started reading reviews on that company that had the commercial they weren't very good so we continued to look and we stumbled upon you so you know there's a real opportunity to take advantage of and ride that wave as you mentioned yeah you and i are are really big into reviews i mean we through through g4 and that's you know we have a platform called authentic feedback that's just it's all about helping our clients drive more five star reviews i mean four stars are okay but you can only afford to get one or two of those they mostly have to be five star reviews and you're right 
people will go, even though they're seeing these commercials, they're going to go and check out reviews. And a lot of these companies, they have, you said it earlier about one of these companies, you said discipline and what was the other word you used to describe the, that one company? Discipline and structure? Is that what you said? Discipline and... So I'm not, <laughs> forgive me, but I'm not, I, I, I tend to get excited and I'm not exactly sure what you're yeah, but Yeah, anyway, but you, the main word was discipline. You were talking about the guy that is head of buying up some of these companies and then he approached somebody else. And then that guy didn't like the discipline. I think he said structure. A mm. lot of these companies are very disciplined. They couldn't grow and they could not attract private equity money if they were not. But at the same time, I like your local angle is, hey, we're local. We're here. We live in the community. We're not some big company that's coming from somewhere else. We are a local company and we're going to always be here because we live here. I kind of like that I that idea as a way of going up against the big the the big corporate company, if you will, the big national company. Yeah, you definitely have to pay play your strengths. And I think right now with with COVID, you know, there's been a big push about supporting local business. Yeah. And because so many of the big box stores have been, you know, benefited from the fact that they're open and you know, virtually restriction free. And then some of the smaller companies have really been penalized and hurt through all of this. And so it's been a big focus on shopping local and supporting local. And uh, I think there's a big opportunity for us to take advantage of that. And a lot of us don't. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Tony, I know that you got a thousand things you got to go and do. So I'm, I'm going to let you go do that. We could keep talking for hours, but if you want to listen to Tony for hours and hear about all of his ways of, you know, making leads face-to-face. Actually, at your event, we're going to be talking a lot more. I'm going to be speaking. I know John Anglis is going to be speaking. Our good friend John Anglis is going to be speaking. Got some other really good speakers. I would say to everybody, go check it out. It's LeadCon 2021, right? LeadCon 2021, that's right. And you can find us at, you know, TonyHody.com and get registered and take advantage of some of those sponsored tickets that are available. Yeah. Tony Hody, H-O-T-Y.com. Go check it out. Well, Tony, thank you for the time. Thank you for the information. For everybody listening, I say it all the time. Success leaves clues. Listen, go back and listen to this again. You will hear the clues all throughout. They are there. They, they're no mystery. Tony, if you watch him on YouTube, he gives you all of the quote unquote secrets. You read my book, The Seven Quote Unquote Secrets to Becoming a Wealthy Contractor. What's the biggest secret of all? They ain't secrets, but we call them that. <laughs> so you guys will listen. All right. So with all of that said, I may have divulged too much information there, huh, Tony, about our secrets? <laughs> right. I don't, I don't mind. We want we want to help you guys be good in your businesses, make money, and you know, get everything that you want out of your business. So again, Tony, thank you so much. And thank until you. next time, this is Brian Kaskavalsian with G4 Marketing Group, and this is the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. Let me ask you, did it help you look at your business in a different way? 
Did it spark an idea or ideas that you hadn't thought of before? Do you have a list of action items that you can take and implement into your business or your life today? I really hope so. If it did, I'd like to ask you a favor. Would you leave a five-star review of the podcast? By doing so, you'll help other contractors find the podcast more easily so that we can help them achieve more success, wealth, and freedom. And before you go, make sure you subscribe to the Wealthy Contractor Podcast so you get access to the latest episodes as soon as they're available. We're always striving to provide you with great content so you don't want to miss what's coming up. In fact, if you haven't already, make sure you go to thewealthycontractor.com and get your free copy of my latest book, The Seven Secrets to Becoming a Wealthy Contractor. Just pay shipping and handling, and I'll take care of the cost of the book. So until next time, this is Brian Cascavalsian.